HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Hi, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm your host, Linda Palaccio, on this half-hour journey through culinary history. And you know, some of us like to identify ourselves as that uh, word, foodie. And then maybe some of us would like to identify ourselves as bready. I kind of like bready. I hope I've coined a new word. I don't know. But bread is, is, you could say it's a simple thing, but it's not. It's the staff of life. And, you know, it's only four ingredients, flour, water, yeast, salt. (laughs) But how it turns out, therein lies the mystery. And there's all of this talk and movement back to artisanal bakers and artisanal breads. And my guest today doesn't have to hark back to artisanal baking and leave something behind. He's never left it. It's Eric Kaiser, and Eric is a fifth-generation baker, and he opened his shop. He, he hails from the Alsace region in France, but he opened his first shop in Paris in 1996, and now we will find out for him. He's all over the world. Maison Kaiser. If you have not heard of Maison Kaiser, have not eaten the bread of Maison Kaiser, of Eric Kaiser, the baker, then you have something wonderful to discover. Eric started his baker apprenticeship at 14 and spent, I would probably, it's fair to say, the next 15 years of his life learning and training and apprenticing. But we'll hear all that from Eric. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, You know, I I said that you never left the artisanal world. You are a fifth-generation, correct, baker? Yes, I'm the fifth generation. And when we say artisanal, it means that we need to mix and to baking in the same shop, in the same place. And this is what 
we do everywhere in the world. And by hand, right? Everything, or well, I mean, by today. Hand, by mixer. Yeah, mixer, right, today. <laughs> um, in, in fact, that was a question I had for you. You, It's Eric Kaiser Boulangerie, which of course means bakery. But in France, to be a boulangerie, there is a specific designation, is there not? Yes, normally when you put, you have two specifications. One is artisanal bakery. It means that it's a lower. You need to mix and to bake. In the same in shop. The same shop. And right. the other thing is boulangerie. Uh, is usually we say boulangerie is for boulangerie pastry, but now the baker need to do boulangerie pastry, little food, you know, take away <laughs> to <coffee>. survive. <laughs> right, you got to do everything. Right. <laughs> well, your baguettes have been hailed as some of the best in Paris, or the best in Paris, I must say. And what did someone said? Oh, you just have to look at that golden crust and then squeeze it and hear the crackle. And also something that was mentioned was the pointed ends of the baguette, designating that it was indeed made by hand. Now you know why we put pointed? Because the people, they love when they quit the shop, take the bread and eating. They love to share. When there are two people, they share the baguette they <laughs> and they eat in the street. And I see last time in New York, the people starting to do the same thing. They go at 5 or 6 p.m. afternoon, they buy the baguette and they start to share on the street and they start to eat and smell because the most important when you buy a bread, baguette specifically, you need to smell. So normally you push on the bread and all the flavors coming in mm. your nose. We have more than 200 different flavors in every bread, but you need to have a good, this is what you say, baking. So baguette you need to be brown, brown, yellow, but not white, never. Mm. Um, well, tell me about your family background and the the baking, the type of baking that was done and who was doing it and, and, and how, I mean, obviously you were born into this, so that was, you know, you didn't have to become inspired by an outside source, but interesting that you chose to continue in that line. Yes, I chose to continue. It was my dream. When I was three years, I remember all the time I say I will be a baker similar to my father and my grandfather. And all the people thinking I'm crazy, but when you are three years and you say I will travel and I will be baker on the same time, <laughs> the people thinking you are just crazy. And uh, after I all the time keeping my idea. When I see my grandfather at first and after my father, I see how they love to work with the dough. At this moment, with my grandfather, he mixed by hand. So you know, when you take, you're starting to mix 20 or 30 kilo of flour by your hand, you spend more than one and a half liters from your body wow. and go to the dough because you need to spend all your energy. I say all the time, you need to communicate with your brain. You need to send your energy in the dough. So for me, it was a beautiful story. But my dream was at the beginning to thinking how I can help the bakery to be more uh, for, the, for the time. Because, you know, now you cannot ask the people who starting to work at 8 p.m. the afternoon, the night, because it's a little difficult on the weekend and all of that. So we're starting to go back to the story of the bread. So we find the very whole recipe, but we have adapted to a new technology. So we are starting to work with the machine and with the flour. I want to talk about that new technology um, shortly. Um, what I wanted to find out was, were your ancestors, were they um, bakers for... A shop? Did they have their own bread shop, their own local bread shop? Describe for me a little bit the, the, the My scene. parents, huh, you mm -hmm. say? Your parents, yes. your grandparents? Yes, they have a one shop in the east of France. My grandfather was at first 
in Alsace, in Colmar, and after he coming in the east of France, but not in Alsace, and they have one bakery. And my father, he has buy from my grandfather uh-huh. his bakery. And it was a small shop, I remember, but with a beautiful bread, but not so many not so many items of uh, bread, but some few items, and a little pastry, and little viennoiserie, but all produced by my father was very nice. Hmm. My grandfather do the same thing. So I think my grandfather give his know-how to my father. Well, I, I would imagine so, and, in, and then passed on to you. <laughs> now, me, I don't see, because my father, he sell his bakery when I was 10 or 11 years. So. Oh, so then you re-entered the field at yes. a later age. Yes, I'm starting again. Well, I was reading about your background, that you started your apprenticeship at 14, and then you had a long training after that. Tell me about, I mean, this is, this is serious work, being a, a baker in yes, France. Tell me I, about your apprenticeship. Yes, I started when I was 15, for two years, for study. After I'm going to the army, and after I'm going back to the Compagnon, Compagnon du Tour de France. It means that you go to a special school, and you stay for five or six years, and every six months or every year, you change the city. So you can start, for example, in Paris, and after go in Marseille, you change the city. So it means that every time you have a new teacher, and the teacher teach you a different way to make some good bread, because you are good, I think, when you have a few masters, so it's a, like a guild, a yes, baker's it's guild. it's a guild this yes, time, uh-huh. yes. We say compagnon du devoir. Right. This is uh, com- good people coming from, for example, carpenter or different work or plumy. They're coming in this type of school. And in the same time, you live together, 100 or 150 young people. <clears throat> and we try to learn to share our food. And we need to give class to the young people. And the older give us class. So it was... Uh, philosophic school. But interesting, too, because you learn the different... I mean, obviously, anyone who's traveled around realizes that bread, the bread is different in different locations. So you got to absorb all these different flavors and types of bread that that yes. the people liked, right? We say that the baker is an alchemist. You need to work with few mm. ingredients and with the weather and with all of that. So if you start to learn in different places, you're starting to, I think, to educate your brain to be very good to understand what's mean with the weather, how it changed the f- fact of the fermentation. So it was for me a beautiful experience, and oh. I was very happy to learn a lot of things with uh, older people. Uh, ba- and baguettes, however, now that form of bread, the shape of the baguette, is something more or less unique to the region around Paris, is it not? I mean, you don't find find it that often a lot of... Well, now today you do, but... Originally, was it as popular in different <coughs> regions? Now, at the origin in France, you have different regions and you have different wheat. And every wheat that you find, you make a specific uh, shape for the bread. So you have the bowl, you have the batter, you have the baguette. And you're right, it was, it's coming uh, a lot from area of Paris, baguette. That's what, and I wanted to a- absolutely talk about the wheat because... You have what you say, your philosophy, of three principles of your philosophy. Uh, authenticity, patience, we can all imagine what that is for, <laughs> and creativity. Now, the authenticity, tell me about what you mean by this in the baking, because you, you're someone who has gone to the modern extreme with... Um, bakeries yes. and many of them but what tell me about the the ingredients and the flour and the authenticity yes we have tried i have tried to find the real good recipe so the origin of the bread that you find that we can read since few thousand years ago 
is coming from the Levin. And the Levin is a very natural yeast. It's difficult to explain for people, but you know, we have the same fermentation for the wine, for the cheese, and for the bread. It's natural, natural yeast. We cap this yeast, and, we, and the, this natural yeast push the fermentation all the time. So you need to take care of that. This is why I'm going back to this original recipe. Because, for example, if you compare to the Wonder Bread that you find in New York or oh, the please. white bread in <laughs> France, it means that at this moment, we decide to put a lot of yeast and a lot of improver inside to have this type of bread with no taste, nothing. Me, I'm going back to the other way. I'm going back to the fermentation, very long fermentation, very good uh, flour, because the wheat that we choose, we can have a very long fermentation. And uh, spirit, because you need to give back the spirit, because you work with a soft dough. So you need to teach to the young people how they can work with this soft dough and be happy with the dough. So would you be a failed baker if you just didn't have the spirit, if you just couldn't communicate with that dough? I mean, you really, you really, you really seem, I mean, I, I, in looking at photographs of you with your hands in this you know, messy dough that you I really know. have a feel for it. No, I think that all bakers that I meet in my life, they say you can give the power with your hand to the dough to make something good. It's similar, you know, when you see a master for the flower, for example, they say they take care with the hand, they sink in front of the flower. I think for the bread it's the same. You give your power, you give your passion, and I think you give a lot of energy in the dough. But you need to understand the dough for sure. Well, exactly. And, and this, um, the leavening the that you use or the yeast i mean nothing there's that's all natural um yeasts in fact that you're as you say the start well the starter or if you will yes if anyone has <laughs> if anyone has been a part of a group that has passed around a starter for years and years to many different people i mean it's a simple process and it's, a fun and a fun process but not it comes out differently in the hands of different people yes um the flour, are you using any um, heirloom grains, old grains? No, we, we use all the grains that we can find, but at the beginning, what we need to use, it's a very good flour, so a very good wheat. So usually, for example, in New York, we use the organic wheat. But you can find in France, we say CRC, it means it's controlled, certified by, some gov- by the government, mm-hmm. and you, you are sure that you don't have... A, preservative improver coming on the wheat. This right. is very important to have a very long fermentation. And if you use, if you eat, for example, the whole wheat and it's not organic, you have all the, all the preservative on the wheat you can eat in the same time. So you need to find organic is better. Mm-hmm. This is very important. Well, you and a, um, a colleague of yours uh, invented, if you will, a, a machine for the, um, the leavening process. Um, and tell me about this natural liquid leaven and uh, the machine called the Fermento Levin. <laughs> yes. You know, the Levin, okay. If you Levin. remember 2,000 years or 3,000 years ago, a lady at home, she's starting to do a bunch. She's starting to mix the wheat. She put water. She's starting to find the salt and put a little inside. And she's dividing his dough. Half for make the bread for the day, and half she keep for the next day. And this is the process of the natural fermentation that the people discover. And this is what we have working, we have made the fermento levain. It means that every day we put flour, water in the machine, we go up with the temperature to up temperature and after down, and we have the conservation of the levain. So it means that all the time, all the day long, we can use our levain. And we put 
the natural levain uh, in is depending which recipe we use. For example, for baguette, we use 20%. For the sourdough, we use 40%. Mm. It's very, very simple and uh, nice machine to take it's care of the simple, dough. Simple, but, but, but it sounds very exacting. Exactting, so, I mean, you're that's, right. you know, so, and, and brings me to the question of how, with you, you are, you opened a shop in 96 in Paris, and now you have over, what, 85 shops or 80 shops? You're all over the world. How do you manage the quality control? Yes, we have uh, every time when we open a new country, we receive the chef from this country. For example, we just opened in Mexico. So we receive Mexican people for six months in Paris. And in this time, we try to Train give them. our know how and our spirit. So after six months, the people go to the country. And at the same time, we have chef. He work for, they work for me for a long time. They go in the country and they stay. Sometimes they are in love with the people in the country, <laughs> so they stay all, all their life. So every country, we have the same process. We receive the people from the country because I think it's important they have the same language and sp same spirit, for example, for Mexican or American or Africa, where you want. And at the same time, we send French people to take care of the quality. So usually, we try to keep the same quality everywhere, but sometimes we have mistakes for sure. Sure, I'm sure. Mm. Do you and do you find that when you go? Because I know that you spend a lot of time in Paris, but then of course you spend majority of the time on the road checking on these shops, right? Does the bread taste different to you from one country to the next, even though it would be the same recipe? Uh, if it's the same recipe, for sure, because you change a wheat. For example, in US, you have a wheat with a lot of protein inside, so mm -hmm. it's thirteen percent of protein usually. So it's different that when you work with the flour, the wheat from France with 11% of protein. So the crisp, okay, the cr uh, crispy is different, the taste is different. This is why we try to adapt the recipe, to change a little the recipe, to have a longer fermentation, to put more levain, to bake a little more. Because we know when the flour is stronger, we need to bake more and give longer fermentation. So you can find, you will not, not so far from the same. Recipe. So everything has to be adjusted. Adjusted, yes. Well, not even country to country. I would imagine just even from bakery to bakery yes. in the same. They could be in the same neighborhood, yes. but right, a little bit different. And the the ovens. Is there any anything particular about the ovens? Let's give away all your secrets. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's okay because before we work a lot with the wood oven, but now in many countries you cannot use because it's dangerous. Right. So hard we, to regulate. Too. Yeah. So we try to all the time to keep a, we we say the deck oven. It means that we put the dough directly to the stone mm -hmm. of, the, of the oven. So you have a good connection, good connection, good conduction of. Uh, of the heat, yeah. and after it's good, it's make a good bread. This is what we try to keep everywhere in the, every country. We keep the same oven. Great. Well, we're going to talk more about this passion for bread that you have right after we come back from a short break. So stay tuned. Listening to Shadow Puppets by Odetta Hartman. This is a taste of the past on Heritage Radio Network.org. Take off the 
Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast Regional Forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hi, we're back on A Taste of the Past, and I'm speaking with Eric Kaiser, and he is a baker extraordinaire and owner of Maison Kaiser, of which there are several shops. Now, in, in New York alone, you have, uh, what, six shops with two more six open? Shops, yes. And two more in the works, right? Yes, yes. And three. Three more in the works. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling that you can go from one small shop you know, not that long ago to so many, and all, and how many countries are you in? We are now in 25 countries. 25 different countries. I guess people like the bread. Yeah. <laughs> they try, you know. It's so a hit. <laughs> the most funny is in, in Asia, because at the beginning, they don't know how they can eat the bread, and they don't know what is the product, and now they're starting to eat more and more bread. Sandwiches and uh, pastry and croissant. It's funny. The morning when you see Chinese starting to put the croissant inside the coffee and eat, it was just uh, funny. <clears throat> a place, places where the French colonists had not been in yeah. evidence earlier, right? Uh, like Vietnam. We were talking earlier. Vietnam. You expected they were they're great bakers. They make very yes. good bread, taught yes. by the French, obviously. Um, but croissant. Let's mention croissant. You you mentioned viennoiserie, which we re- refers to what um, explain what that. Re- to, to the listeners. Viennoiserie normally is when you put the butter inside the dough, butter and sugar. So usually for croissant, for example, you mix, you do butter, dough, butter, dough, butter, dough, butter, dough. So, and after you have what we say, a feuilletage, a puff pastry or the croissant. For the brioche, is a dough from, a dough from baguette, for example, and we put sugar, we put the eggs, we put the butter inside. So it's a beautiful after. I'm salivating. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, and and talking about the the yeast and the and and the dough and the puff and the puff and non-puff, um, some people like fine grain breads. Well, you know, there's different breads for different occasions, for sandwiches, for toast, for you know, dunking in your coffee. I myself like large holes in my bread or the holy loaf. I'm always in search of the holy loaf. Um, it, is it just the amount of yeast? Is it the time of the rising? Is it the flour? Is it what is the mystery? What makes that wonderful coarse, coarse quality of the ins? You know, it's a nice, thick crust and a and a coarse, holy grain. What, <clears throat> what what's the secret there? Normally, when you want to have a crispy bread and with big holes, you need to have very long fermentation. But at first, the long fermentation, you need to have a very soft dough. So you need to add a lot of water. Mm. If you remember before, the bakers are mixing and kneading with hand. So more water you put, more difficult it was because you need to mix more. But now we have beautiful mixer, so we can put a lot of water. 
we have a strong flower. After we keep the dough, we said resting time, we can keep for one hour or five hours. It means it's better if you keep longer, but you need to work with not a lot of uh, industrial yeast. And after you have this beautiful, crispy uh, bread and the big holes. Mm. This is the secret. That's what I love. Long fermentation, <laughs> good mixing. Yeah. Um, well, before I forget, because I have so many things to talk about, I do want to mention that um, what has brought you into our studio today is that you have a new book that's out in Eng well, now in English, but um, from Fiden Press, you have the La Russe Book of Bread, Recipes to Make at Home. And it is a wonderful book because it really does make all of these what seem like mysterious recipes. How can I ever make a loaf like Eric Kaiser? You really make it accessible to the home cook. Yes, we try to... At first, we do all the recipe in a bakery, and after we are starting to do all this recipe with a lady at home, and she she do some mistakes. A lady at home? Lady. What about the men at <laughs> no, home? No, but the men, but we chose the lady because I was the okay. man at the bakery. <laughs> and she do some mistake, and we wrote how you can learn with your mistake inside the book. It was a very nice experience. Mm -hmm. And I think the people are child in front of the door. But if they decide to go, they can share, they can do in family with your children, with your husband. It will be a very good moment. And we say that the bread we need to share. So you can make your bread, share on the table, and all the family will be very happy with the bread. You cannot, if you want to do a good bread, you cannot work with a, with a machine. You need to do by yourself. This is why we decide to, to wrote this book with Larousse. Larousse is a reference for right. the, for the right. book. And we try to show to the people, <clears throat> from the bread to the viennoiserie, how we can work. Well, yeah, I can hear the passion in your voice. I, mean, I can't wait to go home and try to talk my husband into making a nice, gooey loaf of bread and knead that dough together. <laughs> no, it's good. And we, it's good, it's good. And <laughs> we introduce how they can work with the natural levain. Too. Yeah, so well, we that's, and that was something that I did like about it. The, the, the beginning of, of the book really gives the explanation of each of rather than just mentioning the leavening agent rather than just mentioning yeast or flour you go into a very nice description of what each thing is and how to use it and what to do and so before you even get into recipes and instructions and i think that that's that's so helpful to people it written kind of like i want to say um like cookbooks used to be written back you know uh, before the 20th century where they were you know, people didn't have a lot of money to spend on lots of cookbooks as we do today. We have shelves filled with, you know, a French cookbook, an Italian, and a Mexican. You know, they had one reference book, and this is really a reference book. And it, you really don't, you know, you don't need anything else. It gives you, you know, explanations for everything you need. And and I, I think that people are going to enjoy that and possibly, I hope, attempt making bread at home, but not. To stop, not to not to stop buying from Maison no. Kaiser, of course, because it is special. It is special, and um, the the breads. How are all the pastries? How can the pastries aren't all baked on the same location? Are they? Are, yes, all, we do. All the pastries are baked on location as yes, well. Yes, yes. Oh, that's amazing. I really find that amazing. You need a lot of space huh, to, yeah. to, to take care of the bakery because now I say you do bakery, pastry, coffee, and well, food. Well, uh, that's so now each of the so each of the shops is also like a little cafe. Yes, because it's nice because people, customer, can coming from the morning to the night. They have all for the lunch, for dinner, for the tea time. So 
you can be happy in a bakery. And me, it was my dream to, 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 to give the occasion to the people to be happy all the day long with a good, all the time with a good quality of coffee, croissant, baguette, food. Well, and as you mentioned, it it kind of helps support all that space you need for <laughs> for the bakery. Right. I mean, you know, they so when you go and oh, you buy a fresh loaf of bread, as you say, you know, that you, everyone wants to break it open and start eating it and sharing it, and you give them the opportunity to, to do more than that to yes. get some and, food as well. Right? And you you see, when we go to a restaurant, what we try to to eat at the beginning is the bread. They serve you the bread. You try. So usually, when the people know, they're starting to to break the bread and starting to smell and after eating and say, mm, it's good or it's not good. It's your first impression in mm-hmm. a restaurant too. So it's, I think it's very, very important thing. And I'm sure when you have guests in your home, it's the same. They try to see the bread, how is it? It's good, it's not good. All right, right. Yes, you're right. It's the first impression. And, and of course, there are some of us who always manage to get filled up on bread before dinner. But in your case, going to your restaurants, that's a good thing. Right? <laughs> if they like the bread and they get filled up on it, and then they can always buy more. And your croissants, I know, because I've had many of them. Oh, unfortunately, I shouldn't admit how many I've had. But <laughs> they are fabulous, wonderful. And Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to share your mystery and share your secrets. Uh, and I look forward to the downtown shops in New York City open because I will be able to access access those better, and even in Brooklyn. So you can hopefully look forward to a Maison Kaiser opening in your city soon. Eric Kaiser, Maison Kaiser, thank you very much. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for listening to A Taste of the Past. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 nonprofit. to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening